is Columbus Day the most spare holiday? There's no question. Now, it's not like, like now Canada, they have holidays just because. They have a day called the Civic Holiday, and it's just like, um, we just need a day off, so we're going to take a Monday off. And it's like, okay, everybody's off on Monday. Like, for no reason. It's just a Monday in August, and they just take it off for no reason. Another spare holiday in Canada is Victoria Day, where they celebrate the Queen of England, yet it's not the country of England. It's Canada. Does Canada need a high school football magazine? Premium podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep. Hi, Tepper. I'm the Step. Just jump in and Matt step in step. all over me. Sorry about that. That's yeah, we're okay. still we're still working the kinks out. You know? <clears throat> you're you're just very excited because football is here. Um, this is your <clears throat> week one preview or week one review and week two preview episode. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you. We love you. You are our favorite people. Yes. Don't tell the other people who are on TexasFootball.com that or my wife. Or your, or your wife. Yeah. She won't listen to this. You don't need to worry about that. Uh, so don't don't tell them. But do tell them to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider so they can get this lovely podcast. We will start off our week one review and week two preview episode, as we always do, as is tradition, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. I'm ready. I'm 0 for 2. I need to get, get it right. I was kind of right the other day, last week, I think. I got like one yeah. right. And well, and there was a mitigating circumstance because it was different kinds of blues yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But... Let's get into losing streaks. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about the biggest story in the state. Oh, yeah. Off the top. Oscar Castillo's Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Repping North Fort Worth. Don't just win. They win emphatically yes. over Dallas Conrad. touchdowns, yeah. Snapping a 77-game losing streak, the second longest in state history, mm-hmm. the longest active streak in the state. Congratulations to Coach Castillo. I texted him after the game, and um, we're going to try to book him for the show tomorrow yes. on Texas football today. Much deserved. Much deserved. That is, that's, a hard, that's a hard and fast rule, which is if you break the state's longest losing streak, yes. you get on the show. Which brings me to my Texas high school football fun fact Ooh. of the week. Dun, 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 dun. Drum roll. Matt Stepp. All right. Now that Diamond Hill Jarvis's 77-game losing streak is dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dead and buried and gone. It is gone. They, they're 1-0. Yeah. They're undefe- the undefeated Diamond Hill Undefeated Jarvis Eagles. Jarvis Eagles. Who has the new longest active losing streak in Texas? I know this one. Do you? Yes. That would be the Waco University Trojans. It is correct. They who I think are at 48? 47 with their loss on okay. Friday. They're not but, hey, they almost ended the, They gave Waco high all they yeah. wanted and more that on was a, Friday. That, was, that's, that's, yes. that strikes me as something that's going to come to an end. Yeah. I, so I was, in, at, you know, uh, I was at Waco ISD Saturday um, morning for uh, Hutto and West Mesquite, which, uh, by the way, you are – you are wearing a Hutto shirt. As, I am wearing uh, Hutto coach shirt. Uh, uh, note to Texas high school football fans and coaches: if you send us shirts, we will wear them because I'm wearing a San Antonio Brandeis shirt. Right I was going to ask what the B was. There yes, you know. so we will wear your free swag, and we will also put it on the swag wall, yes. so uh, the swag shrine. So um, please send us send us free stuff. Mm-hmm. We like to wear it. Um, so I was in Waco uh, for that game and uh, talking to some of the folks in the press box. And uh, you know, schmoozing while I was having my uh, free Bush's chicken. Thank you, Waco ISD. And uh, 
you know, a lot of people, they were very, number one, they were very surprised that Waco University um, gave Waco a game because it hasn't been a game the past few years, obviously. Mm-hmm. University's lost 47 games in a row. They have not been very good. And, and the thing is, that is a, um, they, they haven't been pretty games. They've been, no. there's a lot of ugly losses. Yes. But I, and I told some of the folks, I said, the streak's going to end this year. Mm-hmm. I said, University will win it. So you heard it here first on Tep and Step. Waco University uh, losing streak will end. Another long losing streak came to an end uh, this week. Quitman got That's on right. the board. I think their losing streak was 43. They had the third longest at 42. Yeah, yeah. and so um, they, they won. And so if Waco University loses or uh, wins a game, or now if Waco University wins a game, it would then fall to Dallas Pinkston. Pinkston yeah. has lost 35 in a row, which is, I'm going to be honest, that's like long, but not like, there's always, there's almost always f- one that's three, 30. You get to 40, and now you're like, okay, this is, this is getting bad. That means, know, that, you, that means that kids went through their entire high school career without winning yeah, a game. You get to 40, and that's when it's like, okay, this is really, really bad. So you're up, Waco U. We need you. Yes. We need you. All right, let's get into our week one recap. I want to hear your overall storyline, your overall takeaway from week one of Texas High School Football. Uh... As always, chaos. There's always a lot of chaotic and cra- crazy results. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing. Uh, so I, I post this on Twitter. Some of the things that come, came to mind, and, and we'll have a few of these on uh, Ten Thoughts, uh, my weekly column on TexasFootball.com. My Ten Thoughts from the High School Football Weekend. Uh, one that was not included. I uh, was kind of halfway included, but um, Abilene, McAllen, and Colleen go winless in Week One. Combined mm-hmm. 0 and 10. Uh, Abilene especially surprised me because Abilene, you know, Abilene, Abilene Cooper and Abilene Wiley have all had really good teams recently. Uh, it's not it's not often that the city of Abilene goes 0 for, and they went 0 for 3. And then, you know, Colleen didn't win a game, mm-hmm. and uh, McAllen went 0 for 3, which was surprising. Uh, Brownsville Hannah took it to McAllen Memorial on Thursday night, the opening opening night of the season, 49-28. Uh, so that was a big, over, uh, big theme. And I thought um, North Shore – Mm-hmm. That, that was impressive uh, against Katie. Going to Katie and, and and avenging, you know, Katie beat North Shore thirty one three in the fourth round of the playoffs last year. North Shore and came to, out, and to be real honest, it, it like it, it wasn't even that close. Like it no. was, it was, it was a, a dominant effort. Yeah, and North Shore came out on uh, Friday night and really, you know, opening drive. Uh, Demetrius Davis, the sophomore quarterback, throws a, hits a long pass, and North Shore Zach Evans, four touchdowns. They really came out and, and, and took it to Katie. Um, in Katy, and so that 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 was a one of the most impressive wins in the state. It's just yeah. individual, but I mean, you know, week one, uh, don't sell on a team just yet, and don't don't buy in on a team just yet. You know, there's you know that we have, you know, week one always has some weird and crazy results. Now we're going to start things kind of settle into I think a routine this week. My my overall headline from the weekend is that teams that you thought might be going away generally aren't. Cypher is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Man, Cypher, if you didn't see, 27-7 over the Woodlands. That was a very Cypher win. Ex- like, that, is, that is on brand for the Bobcats. Style travels. Style doesn't graduate. And when you talk about that, that didn't graduate. Same thing with Gilmer, right? Gilmer goes to Atlanta and, and exactly what we thought it was going to be, a, a, a high-scoring you know, affair. But to me, what I was looking for is do these teams look like what we thought they were going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, there were teams that didn't, but there were teams that, for example, I was at the Long v. Lufkin game. Both those teams looked exactly like we thought they were going to. I don't change my opinion on either of them. No. I, I might be higher on Lufkin in a loss. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. No Carl Williams, and I can't remember their quarterback. Kwan Thomas. 
he didn't. They, they threw a sophomore quarterback out there who had never taken a varsity snap, and he and they d- and they dang near beat Longview yeah. in, in Longview. Lobo Stadium, yeah. and then Longview. Yeah, I mean, uh, they look. The, the, you want to talk about an identity? They, I think, in the early going, they tried. They were like, "All right, this is the Haynes King show. This is Haynes King show." He's thrown a lot, and then they were like, "Wait a second. Like, wait, we have two really good running backs here. We're Longview." Like, let's just grind it out. And yeah. they started running the ball. And play action. And then the play action came. Exactly. And I really liked uh, the, the little wrinkle John King threw in with, with putting Jesse Anderson in fullback in front of Keelan Williams. Now you've got two. And Longview likes to get in the eye formation and the offset eye. And you can do some things to Jesse Anderson. And if he can buy into being a fullback, uh, being a lead blocker, getting those. But he, he still got 16 carries and mm-hmm. caught a couple of passes. If he can buy into that fullback role, it just makes Longview that much more versatile because now you can put both backs in the backfield. You got Hang Kings, you got uh, Camden Perry at receiver. You got a lot of different ways. I mean, Longview, I think, really. Those are, uh, those, those are two teams that I came away thinking, at worst, the exact same about them, which is that yeah. I'm very high on them. Yeah. Uh, I think the other big storyline is, is the Jalen Catalan injury at Mansfield Legacy. Yeah. I mean, Legacy is a state title contender without question. And if he goes down. Legacy's still going to be good, but boy, I'd say that they're not a title no. contender if he if he's out for the year. I absolutely agree, and and, and for me, and and again, that's the ex- example of like I think people are going to look at that loss to Jenks, Oklahoma, thirty five fourteen, and they're going to say, "Ooh, that's not good." Well, first and foremost, <laughs> Jenks is is a good Oklahoma yeah, team. The the Jenks, Broken Arrow, and Tulsa and Tulsa Union, Union are three. They they come. They, they were in Texas. Uh, uh, they would be very, very good 6A. I mean, Broken Arrow's got an enrollment of 4,000. They're the Allen Cady and Jinx, Alan, the Alan Lake Travis of, of Exactly. Of Oklahoma. And, and they could go to Texas. And Jinx and Union have played Trinity. They've played Southlake. They've played those teams close one occasionally. So those those are not, you know, we forget Legacy's a 5A school. Mm-hmm. Lake Ridge, you know, is a new is a new 6A program who almost won. They, they, they mm-hmm. came closest to winning. Mansfield, I think, is a little, in a little bit of a transition. So you know, it was tough. It was a tough go for the Mansfield schools in Oklahoma, but um, legacy. I think the Jalen Catalan injury. That storyline is going to be something. Yeah. I think his MRI, MRI is going to be Tuesday. I, I mean, we're not going to see him in non-district. Jalen Catalan no. will not I think, play. I think even if it's a strain, games. if it's a strain, they're going to hold him out. Yeah, they're going to hold him out and try to have him ready for district. But I mean, that, you know, I don't know man, those non-contact injuries. Yeah, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and, I, and just I talked about this in our Slack chat. I'm a little surprised that Catalan was playing defense in non-district. I mean, a guy that valuable, putting mm-hmm. exposing him to that many snaps. Um, a little surprised that yeah. he was playing d- defense in non-district play. So I want to hear. Let's talk winners. Uh, we're going to do a big school. Which one do a big school winner and a small school winner? Big school is six A five A. Small school is four A and below. Matt, mm-hmm. step your big school winner of week one is the Temple Wildcats. Man, what a what a performance! Uh, to, you know, a return to six A and in a dominant win over Round Rock Cedar Ridge. Uh, Jared Wiley, the uh, Texas commit who's a tight end playing quarterback, looked very good. I think it was Quentin Johnson had four touchdown receptions. And that they, you know, Cedar Ridge was a semifinalist in 6A last year, and Temple beat him by three touchdowns after losing to Cedar Ridge the last couple of years in close games. Now, is Cedar Ridge probably a little bit down? Probably. They lost a really good group of seniors, but for Temple – uh, to go out and really made a statement mm-hmm. um, in in showed I think they can they, they should be able to contend. I mean Midway looks a little down after their loss to Trinity Temple's going to be right there in the district title mix in twelve six a my week one winner big school Matt Step called it the Midland Lee Rebels oh yeah my, that is yeah. that is a great my win hipster pick that is a great win over a really good Smithson Valley team. on the road on the road. That is impressive. And, like, we've talked so much about Permian, right, in the Little Southwest Conference. 
uh, and we say, okay, it's Permian's district to lose. Well, I got to tell you, maybe not. Yeah, Midland Lee. You know, I, I saw them. And, you know, Clint, we talked to Clint Hartman in coaching school. He's was very confident. He sent me a text uh, Friday night after the game and said, West Texas isn't dead yet. And he's he's right. I mean, you know, Permian was was solid in a loss. They, they're they're going to be in the mix. Um, you know, a lot of the talk has been about San Angelo and Permian, but man, Midland Lee, very very impressive win. You know, going on the road and traveling more than three hours in non district is really tough to get a win, and, and especially in week one, and they got mm-hmm. it done. Very impressive. Give me your small school winner of the week. Let's go with the Love Lady Lions. I love it, man. That was a dominant performance over Grove. Love to, Love Lady drops down to two A Division two. Um, we, we've, they're in the top ten. We've talked about them mm-hmm. a little bit, but they, they've kind of been overshadowed by Mart and, and Wellington and, and Munster. Let me tell you, Love Lady's going to be in the mix. They are very, very strong. And they went to Groveton and, and won just for the second time in school history at Groveton and won in emphatic fashion, forty-eight to six. So yeah. uh, you'll be hearing more about Love Lady in Ten Thoughts and also uh, maybe in the Eye Coach of the Week uh, this week as well. Mine's Mason. Um, to me, and I know we had questions about Wall. But to beat Wall as a 2AD1 team, to beat a 3AD1 team, by the way, to beat them. And more importantly, is that that is a game that Wall should win based on sheer style. That as a 3A Division I team, they should out-physical any 2A team. For Mason to basically play that game to a draw in the, in, and then make one or two plays is super impressive to Yes. Me. And to me, we've talked so much about Region 4 in 2A Division I, Refugio, Shiner, and Mason. Man, and I know, look, Shiner and Furio didn't do anything wrong. No. But right now, man, you look at what Mason's done. They've got the best win. Like, I mean, Shiner beat Hallettsville, which is a good win. Yes. Refurio blanked Tidehaven. Good it's win. fine. It's a good win. Tidehaven was a good yeah. loss. They're a little down, but that's still a good win. Um, Mason over Wall really moved the needle for me. Certainly best win in, of, the, of the three. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we're not saying they're the best team. No. But that's the that's, best win. Oh, but in, so far, their really resume is really impressive. Yes, really nice win for the punchers. Let's go for the team you're worried about. It can be any classification. Oh. There were, there were a few. Um, I'm going to go uh, two uh, out of the same district. Uh, John Tyler in Texas High uh, definitely uh, not, not losing because they played, both played really good 6A opponents, but, boy, getting beat by 50, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a little concerning that the, um, the, the margin was, was so significant. And uh, I'm going to see John Tyler on Saturday night um, in a rivalry game against Tyler Lee. Uh, be interested to see if the Lions can bounce back. But, boy, that, that was, those were concerning results to open the season for both those schools. I'm very interested to see if you share my same concern about West Orange Stark. Um, to me, again, this is the kind of thing that I'm looking for. I, I know I have my priors. I have my preconceived notions of all these teams. Going into the season, my thing was my thing about West Orange Stark was like, okay, like defense, give them the benefit of the doubt. Probably they lose a lot, but probably going to be pretty good. And they were, they were. But where are they going to get their offense? Yes, yeah, and they only scored. They, they lost nineteen to eighteen. Mm-hmm. So defense did the job. They held Nederland under a good Nederland mm-hmm. offense under twenty, but. Yeah, that offense where those points it scares me. And, yeah. and suddenly, Nederland's a solid five A team, mm-hmm. but but I would not classify them as elite. To no, they're not a world so beater. They're they're a good five A team that may go two, three well, I mean, if they get the right draw. This is, this is premium. I can tell you our where we have them in our computer rankings. Um, they're five A D two, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Nederland. Uh, last week they were thirty second in our computer rankings. This week they have jumped all the way to eleventh. So yeah, um, you win that one, you feel yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I, I, that, that definitely uh, was like we we were in four AD two so wide open. Um, mm-hmm. West Orange Stark may creep back in there, but that's that's a little 
elite West Orange start teams don't lose those games to no. the Nederland. I agree. So, all right, let's get to the week two preview. That's week one. We're gonna we're gonna close the book on that. Forget it ever happened. Now let's go on to week two. Week two, right. solid slate. Not as good as week one. Mm-mm. Not as good as week one. No, uh, but th- I think that's that's setting the bar extremely high because week one was week really, one's always got really a bunch good. of bangers. All right, we flipped the coin. I won this week. My first pick in the 2018 Week 2 Texas High School Football <laughs> game draft that we made up here. If we could clone ourselves and be at these games. Correct. And not have side gigs like we both do. Is Wake of Vega at Argyle. Ooh, okay. I am super duper duper interested to see. First of all, I think for Argyle, they were very impressive in their win over Stephenville. That is a revenge game. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember a team that beat them last year and beat them kind of in a way that was, um, you know, uh, they, they beat them. They beat them by taking advantage of what they of, of what they of the way they play stylistically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For Argyle to go out there and you know again they're healthy this year that helps. But to go out there and to really beat um, to really beat uh, uh, Stephenville a really good Stephenville a team. good Stephenville Stephenville's going to be they're, they're right there again and a, and a hang forty two on them. Yeah, that really impresses me. Bo Hogaboom looked good. Now here is my thing though, is that. Waco La Vega, they have no... I mean, they've got some history with them, obviously, if you go back to the 2015 title game. This yeah. is a rematch of the 2015 4A Division yeah. One title game. La Vega won at, the, at NRG Stadium. Yeah. La Vega looked every bit the part of La Vega in their win over Medina Valley. Yeah. Um, now, it's, you know, it's, Medina Valley's not amazing, so I'm not... Um, but, I mean, they throttled them. That's a 5A team. That's what you should do. That's what you're, you should do. You're, you're an elite 4A, and you're playing what we probably consider an average 5A. Mm-hmm. You should throttle them. You should. And, and they did. And so now La Vega goes to Argyle. Mm-hmm. And and takes on takes on an Eagles team that again like these kids I think I think the, the 2018 Argyle Eagles it's easy to say oh well they were super fired up for Stephenville that was eight months ago right La Vega I mean they probably remember it they probably heard a lot about it but like th- these seniors were freshmen freshmen yeah so it's probably not in front of mind for them. Uh, so there's there's that. The other thing for me is that I want to see. I I I think, and, and this is not necessarily going going outside the the realm of you know doing something crazy. But um, I think that La Vegas defense is going to be a lot better than Stephenville's. Yes. And when you're going, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens when this Argyle attack, which looks like it is hitting on our, all cylinders, when it goes up against uh, you know Jared Rogers, when it goes up against Dante Stewart. I, I think that that is going to be really really interesting. To me, that's the game of the week. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested because I think we'll find out a lot about them. Because remember, it's a brave new world for Argyle, or I'm sorry, La Vega in their alignment. They're going to be playing a lot more teams, a lot like Argyle. Yeah, it's a good little test for La Vega because they're they're Stephenville's in their district, so you got you kind of get a little measuring stick mm-hmm. of how District Five Four A Division One potentially could play out because now you can take La Vega's results against Argyle and, and Stephenville's results against Argyle and mm-hmm. play a little comparison. It doesn't, doesn't mean anything, but at least it's a good litmus test to see where where they stand. I mean, this is this is a definite st- change in style for Argyle going from Stephenville to La Vega. Um, La Vega likes to run the football. They're mm-hmm. very, very physical. Stephenville's a little w- more wide open. So uh, how Argyle adjusts to that change in style is going to be really, really fascinating. Real, real fascinating matchup. But you're right. La Vega defense against the Argyle offense is really— That's the money matchup. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you want to see. Don't go to the concession stand when, when the Argyle offense is on the field. We go to Matt Stepp for his first pick. We're going to start the small school st- theme. Oh, I'm going to go, go down to South Texas— Goliad and Refurio. Yeah, that man. is. I, I tweeted about that, and I, that is the matchup. Now I'm going to go see Goliad next week, week three against George West. So, but if mm-hmm. I could change, I 
Goalie at Refurio. I think this game is at uh, Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium in Refurio. That place is going to be jumping. Well, and you talk about two teams. Refurio in kind of very um, – how do I want to put this? In what is the new Refurio, right, where they're not beating teams 90 to nothing, this was a very ho-hum, business-like, <laughs> we're, we're, we, we are Refurio, hear us roar, yeah. but nothing nothing flashy. Goliad beat the tar <laughs> out, of Columbus. out of Columbus. A Columbus team that was a 4A playoff mm-hmm. team last year, yeah. bringing back a lot that we think has a chance to be a decent team in 3A Division One, and Goliad just beat the brakes off of them. 60-7. Yeah. to seven. Um, this matchup is a huge matchup. I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see um, how it goes. The Goliath, the Refurio Flex Cat offense did what they did, 35 nothing over over Tidehaven. And look, Tidehaven, 3AD2 playoff team, area-round yeah. playoff team last year. Mm-hmm. Refurio just beat them by five touchdowns like it was nothing. Um, but the matchup this week, number one, Goliath, I think it's going to be a little bit better defensively mm-hmm. than uh, Tidehaven was. And Goliath, we know, is going to be much more explosive um, offensively, with uh, the quarterback, um, running back, um, uh, Rocky uh, Morris, Rocky Morris, mm-hmm. and then Dontavian Clay, mm-hmm. uh, two-way playmaker for Goliad. This is going to be this is a huge test for the Refurio. Yes, and, but you know, Refurio, a couple of years ago, they played Navarro, and Navarro was a four A D two semifinalist that year, and lost to him by a touchdown. So this this is fourteen to eight. Yeah, this, of this does game. not phase uh, Refurio in the least. I think the matchup here is going to be can the Goliad offense against that Refurio defense led by Armani Brown. Can the Goliad offense put up points and put the pressure on what is Refurio offense still trying to find, you know, yeah, they know the offense, but they're still working the Kings out. They've only been running it for two weeks now. You know, can they keep up with that Goliad offense if they're hitting on all cylinders? I'm going to do my second pick in Central Texas. I'm going to take Liberty Hill at Hutto. Oh. Um, Talk about a contrast of styles. Yeah, so... Liberty Hill is going to come out in their slot T, and they're going to run the ball, and they will have the ball for 40 minutes of this game. Like they're just, yeah. Hutto, on the other hand, looked every bit the part. You saw him in person. Yeah, looked very good. Looked very sharp against, against West Mesquite. Um, they're not co- as up-tempo. You know, Brad LaPlante, um, he's not, you know, Steve Van Meter was up-tempo, no huddle. We're going to tempo it all. Hutto was... Not they were still in the spread. They didn't change what they with their identity, but they were a little more measured in their mm-hmm. approach. Um, Chase Griffin was super impressive. Accounted for six touchdowns in the win. Looked like a D one quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of pocket presence. You know, he gets flushed. His heads up. He's making throws down the field. Um, but I think Chucks Nobuaku. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope I'm not butchering your name, Chucks. I'm you just going to call you Chucks. Uh, Chucks might be the most versatile player. He's he's not a big guy, but he can do it all. Hutto lines him up in the slot. They line him up. At, I mean, he had three touchdown catches. Uh, you get him lined up in the slot when he motions out of the backfield, and he gets lined up against that linebacker, and it's no contest. Well, and this is a what, – what's super interesting to me about this game is that this is a contrast in style, obviously between each other, but also in what they saw last week, mm-hmm. that Liberty Hill you know, played Leander Glenn and – Okay. It's a new, it's a new, new, new school. school. They're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. But, I mean, they did, They rang up 400 yards on the ground. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. That is that is an on-brand performance from Liberty Hill Absolutely. for sure. It was really, really good. So, they're going to run the ball. Yeah. Hutto's going to throw the ball over the place. But to me, like, once you get, and especially I think in, 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 in Hutto's region, once you get about two rounds deep in the playoffs, you're going to face a team that wants to 
yeah. like beat you in bludgeon, a physical you know, way. They want to bludgeon you. They want to they want to make you bloody, and they want to beat you in in a way that they are stronger than you, and they will wear you down. Well, here's a perfect example of a team exactly built like that. And if Hutto is able to beat this team, and I know it's a five A against a four A, but this is. Liberty Hill may as well be a 5A. The way they play and, and, and the offensive line they well, have. And they're like maybe two two or three students below the cutoff. They yeah. almost they almost went up this year. Yeah. We all thought they were going to go up. Yeah. So for me, now, there, there's the element of preparing for the slot tee, which is different and, and it's tough. you never yep. know. And it's a short week. I mean, exactly. Hutto played Saturday. Mm-hmm. Short but week. I do think I'm super interested in this because I think Liberty Hill really, I think Liberty Hill looked good in week one, but we don't know a ton about them yet. Hutto looked good. But here's a totally different test for yeah. them. So that's my, my second. Pick. My concern in that game would be Liberty Hill gave up gave up 480 yards to Leander Glenn. Uh, yeah, Hutto's going to be a lot better offensively than yes, Leander they will. Glenn. So that is that, one, that's my like major Kershaw. concern there. Correct. All right, I'm going to go back up to the Metroplex in a game that I will be at on Saturday. Greg, hey now. at the Cotton Bowl. Hey now, Ulys Trinity and Saxy. Um, Trinity, <laughs> very impressive win over uh, Waco Midway, 37 to seven for. Four turnovers in the third quarter kind of turned that game around. And I thought Saxe, you know, losing effort. Uh, we had a lot of questions about Saxe, especially offensively, and I thought they, for the most part, played pretty well. It took a 57-yard field goal Here's Here's my thing. Them. I was talking with Craig Way this morning about this. What in the heck do you do with Saxe? They basic they beat Coppell, okay? If you hold your opponent that their only chance to win is by kicking a 57-yard field goal as time expired, you have beaten that team. It's over. Coppell has Caden Davis. He bangs through a 57-yarder, and you lose. You're yeah. 1-0. They are, the, they are the team that is like the least concerning 0-1 yeah. team in the state. Uh, here's a little ranking preview. Saxe did not move up. did not move down. No, nor loss. should they. They, they. they stayed right where they were. They were, they were ranked 25th uh, in the state uh, in the preseason poll, and they stayed at 25 mm-hmm. uh, this week in the 6A poll. So um, really intrigued to see this game. It's a, it's a Saturday game. Um, it's going to be hot. I mean, it's not going to be a- as hot. Thankfully, a-, a little bit of a cool front has come through the DFW Metroplex. They're playing on grass, mm-hmm. um, so it won't be that bad. But um, I think this is going to come down to uh, you know Trinity's defense against the Saxe offense. I think Trinity's going to do what Trinity does offensively. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. They're, they're not hiding anything. This is not breaking anything. news. They're going to run um, the ball. They're and I think they're going to they're going to have a little bit of an advantage against the Saxe defense, which more, is more speed reliant than size reliant. But can Saxe uh, hurt the uh, Trinity defense uh, with their offense? The the thing about Saxe last week is they they used a lot of they, they played two different quarterbacks. They had a bunch of different skill guys touch the ball. No one really had a. I mean, Miles Nash was you know he had 108 total yards of offense. I think um, probably the the most hit the best game from a Saxe perspective. But can someone uh, for Saxe step up? Because I think they're still trying to find an identity offensively, and I think that's the big key in this game. Yeah, I I think. I think you're right that Saxe, a good first week, but like now here's another another very different test uh, for what they're going to look like. So for me, I think I think you're right. That's a game that that really uh, tickles my fancy. And I'll be there. I'll be in- interested to see oh, how okay. it goes on a Saturday afternoon. It's a one thirty kickoff. All right, my third pick. I'm kind of going between two of them, but I'll see if you take my one for, or if it can follow the fourth round for me. I'm taking Cal Allen and Flower Bluff in, in Corpus Christi. Um, these all have been pretty much for the last decade. They've been the two best teams in Corpus Christi. Yeah, veterans has kind of come in yeah. the last. Is this in the last year? Mm-hmm. Um, and and kind of got into that mix as well. But you're right. For the past ten years, these two have been kind of battling for supremacy in in the Corpus Christi. But the other thing worth mentioning is that Cal Allen 
tends to beat them. They tend to beat them. Now, Mo- most years, yes. Now, and here's the thing. I think both are coming off of uh, wins that they can feel pretty good about, right? 6A opponents in the yes. Valley. Both both playoff teams in 6A. Uh, the thing that I thought was weird is both of, both those games were really close. I mean, they were, and, and that was the thing. Now, now that's I don't think that's necessarily surprising for Cal Allen, just because of their style of play. And they're in transition. They, I mean, Cal Allen graduated a lot. Their defense, their defense especially, is in transition. So it's not necessarily, and, they, and, and we know Cal Allen as a team that, they run the ball, and they play this kind of bend-don't-break defense, and then they just kind of make one or two plays on you and beat you. Mm-hmm. To me, this was a very Cal Allen win. Um, in the opener, I'm sure Danaher's upset about three or four things, as he usually is. But for well, me... You talk to Danaher, and they're not making the playoffs. But, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, I don't know if we should even go out there next, next week. What is I going to feel a team this week? Yeah, but <laughs> to me, this is, a, this is a much different test, and there's a lot of... I think that there's still a lot of... Um, how do I want to put this? I think there's still a lot of like pride here uh, of like no this is like like this is the for the best you know vets is going to have something to say about it mm-hmm. but like essentially if you win this game you are no worse than the second the, best than tied for the best team yeah. in, in 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 Corpus Christi and we'll get Flower Bluff and Vets a little bit later this district year district game yeah but to me that that's what's very interesting um, I'm 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 excited to see what um, you know how how they both kind of make adjustments um, there's a lot of respect between Dan Her and Chris Steinbrook. Um, I think both both of those coaches are looking at week one and saying, we got to win, and a win is better than a loss, but we can do better. Yeah. And and so who is able to make those adjustments in a game that has a lot of passion in it as well? Yeah. So that's the game. That's what the game I've, I've got. Now, Flower Bluff's defense is going to be tested because they played PSJA last week, and PSJA, Lupe, uh, um, their, quarter, their, their head coach, uh, gosh, his name escapes me, but he was with Detmer at Mission. He was a, a record-setting Valley quarterback. Um his first name is Lupe, and I can't think of his last. I think it's, it's Lupe, Lupe it's Rodriguez. It's not Lupe Flores. No, Flores. Uh, is Rodriguez. Lupe, yeah, Lupe Rodriguez. Lupe Rodriguez. He's a wide open spread, yeah. slinging around attack, and so that their defense. Yeah, that Trey Guardo pre- is, is their guy, and he yes. had a pretty nice game against. And, against and they had to prepare for that last week. Now you completely change mm-hmm. your, your gear and go against the Cal Allen wing T. Now they have played Cal Allen for many many years, so they're familiar with it. But you're going from one one st- one end of the spectrum to the other. So how Flower Bluff's going to adjust uh, against that is going to be a, a real key. Now, I, I, I can imagine there will be a really good crowd. Uh, I think there will be a pretty good crowd. It will be a crowd. fun atmosphere. It will be a very good crowd. All right, what's next? Staying down in South Texas. Man. We're going to go down to the Rio Grande. I mean, we're, we're, we're very South Texas very South heavy Texas this, this week. So hello to our friends down south. I think I know which game you're going with. All right, let's see. Uh, Brownsville Hannah uh-huh. at Edinburgh Vela. Yeah. Uh, a rematch of a classic playoff game last year where it, Edinburgh Vela had to kick a 54-yard field goal to mm-hmm. win that game, and then Hannah, uh, with like 10 seconds left, got got a long pass and, and kicked a 59-yard field goal to win it, and it was just short. It was a really yeah. great game, and, and no one in the Valley really thought it was going to be a good game last year because Hannah was kind of this team that really no one knew about. Well, People know about Hannah now because they got a big win over McAllen Memorial Thursday night, and uh, they're looking for a little revenge against Edinburgh Vela, who ended their season last year. But Vela didn't do anything to uh, discount their their high accolades because they drilled Laredo United last week. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did, and that was that, that was, game was forty eight twenty seven. But uh, newsflash, no. it was not that close. No. It was thirty four six at the half, and, and Coach John Campbell kind of put it on cruise control mm-hmm. in the second half. So. Um, I'm interested. This is a real good measuring test. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, our friends down in McAllen at the McAllen Monitor have uh, Hannah and Vela as uh, two of the top three teams in the Valley. I think this is number number one in the Valley versus number three mm-hmm. in the Valley. So 
uh, should be a real interesting matchup. Um, here's going to be a thing to watch. Uh, Hannah, don't kick the ball to Daniel Enriquez. Just kick it out of bounds. Yeah, don't let that guy touch the ball. I, mean, we, I think we featured him in the, in the magazine as like a money player or something like that. And, um, and he had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He just does it all. Week. Yeah, he does it all. And 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 yeah, Vela Vela's an interesting team that that I would love to see. They they strike me as the team that's got all those little tools that it'll take to to surprise somebody in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know you got kind of a game breaker. You've got a defense that that can stand on its head when you need it to. Um, they they tick a lot of the boxes. This is a really good test for them against a very game Hannah team. Yeah, Hannah's going to try to control the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Caesar Mancius is their running back. He had 205 yards last week, three touchdowns in the, in the win over McAllen Memorial. But Hannah's much more of a, of a grinded out physical style team. Um, so. They're going to try to keep the ball away from that real versatile Vela offense. Man, I can't believe I'm going to pick between these two because there's one I definitely want to finish with. <sighs> Dang it. This podcast is annoying already. Um, all right. I'm going to go Cy Ranch and Westlake. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Cy Ranch and Westlake. Um, so this is, this is, to me, look, obviously these are two teams that have title game pedigree. They've, they've been very frequent. They've been off you know, recently. And both coming off of, I think, I think underrated wins in week mm-hmm. one. Um, I think Cinco Ranch is pretty good. Yeah, and I think that I think they've got you know they have kind of forever been second best team in Katy, right? Well, you know, Cy Ranch goes out there and they they looked the part. They looked yeah. really good, especially in the second half. They they yeah. kind of got off to a slow start. They really dominated the second half in that game. They did, and they got they got like a good balance offensively. Um, you know, the, this junior quarterback Logan McDougald, I think. Um, Maybe he had a little bit of bright eyes early, but he settled in. Yeah. He looked good. And then you have Westlake, and Westlake goes and they beat Belton, and they beat him handily. Got down a little early, about seven early. Yeah. They came back the second and third quarter. Westlake completely done. Taylor Anderson had a great game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Belton, you know, that's a good, good Centex team, and, and Westlake beats him by three touchdowns at Belton. The thing for me that's, that's, very, that's very interesting about Westlake suddenly is that if they have a ground game, and they really, I mean, they had a great game from Trip Graham. He ran for 159 yards and a touchdown. Um, if he, if they can get that running game, we know Taylor Anderson's pretty darn good. Yeah, he's good, and we know they've got a couple of receivers that they really like. Uh, uh, Mangum, Mason Mangum, is, is a guy who who caught two, caught a touchdown pass. Uh, they had another kid, Penny Baker, who caught two. The defense we feel pretty good about, and they look, you know, scuffled early and then tightened up. Yeah, we feel pretty good about. They look the part right now, and these are two teams that have to feel very good, very confident coming off of Week One, and now you get this very interesting kind of cross regional matchup of an Austin team yeah, against a Houston team. Austin, yeah. We don't and see it very often. No, not enough. Honestly. Not in the regular, not in regular season for sure. So for me, this game is, is super interesting. Two great coaches, Gene Johnson, uh, you know, and, and Todd Dodge. I think that this game could. I think actually this game could be pretty low scoring, and this could this strikes me as like a twenty four twenty one type game. Yeah, this you know this is not Todd Dodge Southlake Carroll. No. This is Westlake's identity is very physical. They like they like to be physical as well. Um, in Cy Ranch, we know that's that's what Coach Johnson likes at Cy Ranch. So yeah. um, I, I agree. I think this is going to be kind of a smash mouth type game, and it's going to it's going to be a matter of which defense, uh, especially on first down, wins first down and tries to put the other in those those passing situations. I think Westlake's a little more balanced and a little more equipped, especially with the skill players. Cy Ranch is a little young at the skill positions, and they're going on the road. Um, so I think that's going to be the, the kind of that's that's going to be a tough test for them. The computer has them um, 
has this as a twenty-one point game for Westlake. I do not see that. No, I don't think it'd be. A I, that would be. Point. That would be. If that happened, I would. I would start buying a lot of stock in Westlake if they were able to do that. Yeah. Uh, that that to me strikes me as it's at Westlake, but still, I think that that's a, that's a game that, that I certainly got my eye on. All right, what's next for you? All right, we we'll go up to the Panhandle, big rivalry game, mm-hmm. Amarillo against Tascosa. In front of there'll be fourteen thousand plus crazies at Dick Bivens Stadium uh, for this one on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, both come off wins. Uh, Amarillo High uh, unveiled a new, more wide open offense. Do I saw some <laughs> highlights and they look good? Yeah, yeah. They, they, you know they, they look good. They they um, you know Devin Lemon Davin Lemon's two hundred. When's the last time Amarillo High had a two hundred yard receiver? Good lord! <laughs> Two hundred twelve yards receiving. Uh, they won forty eight forty one over Friendship. Now the concern for Amarillo High is uh, Friendship threw for nearly six hundred yards in that yeah, game. No, no, well, now, that's another. That's a new look Friendship team yes, too. But Tascosa is not going to throw the ball. That, that's not no. what they do. They are a option based offense, uh, and they won kind of a slugfest against Abilene High thirteen to seven. Now Amarillo Tascosa, they did not have a scrimmage last week, so this was basically their first action. In the regular, mm-hmm. against an opponent, so I'm giving Tascosa a little bit of a mulligan as far as the sloppy offensive performance. Um, you know, they didn't have a scrimmage, so this is this was kind of their first real test. And Ab- I think Abilene High is going to be going to be a little bit improved. Yeah. Um, King Doru, their star running back, um, he he didn't he only had one carry in the second half, so I'm a little worried if he was injured. Um, or if he was just and I, or held out or mm-hmm. something else happened there, but you know he had 13 carries for 74 yards in the first half. Good first half, had a touchdown. Uh, only had one carry in the second half. So um, a little interested there. It's a rivalry game. It's going to be a fun atmosphere and really interested to see what Amarillo High uh, does against that Tascosa um, offense. So that's that's the big thing to watch. And it's a rivalry game. You just never know what's going to happen. You no, know, you never do. And and to me that is that's very. I'm 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 interested in that because. I want to see another. I want to see another data point on Amarillo before I buy in whole hog because that looked really good last week, yeah. offensively at least. Yeah. If they can tighten up the defense and they can and they can continue doing that offensively, they'll be they'll be just fine. It's gonna be a close game. Those two when they get yeah. together, it's a it's a it's a it's it's a rivalry game. All right, my fifth and final pick. I'm sticking with rivalries, and guys, I'm not saying this is the best game in the week. Okay, I don't want you to I don't want you to think this, but. It is maybe the most Texas high school football game of the week. Munster and Lindsay. The Kraut Bowl. Oh, yeah. We're doing the Kraut Bowl, baby. Oh, yeah. Munster and Lindsay will tee it up for the umpteenth consecutive year. Um, Lindsay looked good. Lindsay has his junior dual threat kid. Uh, I think it's Sean Foster. Uh, mm-hmm. Seth Foster. Uh, he threw for 112 yards and three touchdowns. He ran for another 138 yards. This is two very dynamic dual threat quarterbacks, Parker McGrew for Munster, who we kind of know about. Um, I am, and they both got nice wins over over teams last week. Munster now I so Munster played. Um, they played at Oklahoma. They played school. Cash Oklahoma, and I'll be honest, I don't know anything about. You're them. not up to speed on Cash Oklahoma. I'm not up to I, speed I know on it's Cash. North of Lawton. That's all about, about all. I but know I'll about. say this: they beat him twenty to fifteen, and I just. I don't know. Now, look, Lindsey beat Era twenty-seven to six, and Era is not a team that's going to threaten for yeah, the playoffs. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's not a team. So, so neither of these teams, I think, looked really super impressive in Week One, uh, at least based on what I see. But I think they've got pieces in place, and more importantly, this is like the game, man. Yeah, those is, two towns are like eight miles apart from each other. They're not yeah. far. This is this is a. Uh, I mean, this is Cook County at its best. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, 
you you go you go it'll be a good game it'll be it'll be it'll be worth um worth your time but i will also say yeah less than 10 miles apart uh i will say go go for the whole just go for the experience it's a fun experience go for the experience i bet you can get a decent bratwurst at that game yes i bet you can of course if you don't know uh these are two like german catholic towns up there in north texas Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and they play the crowd poll and it's just a lot of fun it's a big it's a big community event for both both communities a lot of a lot of hoopla and excitement around the game uh it's it's a lot of fun yeah and by the way i gotta tell you if you remember last year Munster beat Lindsay 65 to nothing. Okay? Yeah. They ain't forgot that. Mm-mm. Okay? Mm-mm. And I think Lindsay's a little bit better. And I think Munster's probably taking at least a half step back. Some of the key Agreed. pieces they lost. Um, I've taken at least a half step back, at least in the early going. So, for me, Munster and Lindsay, you got to be there. All right. Step. Last game. We're going to stay. I'm, wait, we are very small school heavy. I love week. it. I did Argyle La Vega. I got a Liberty Hill game. I got Munster Lindsay. You got goalie Edward Furio. And then this one. Yep. And we're going to go... West Rusk and Wascom. Beast Texas. Two they both of these guys were dominant last week. West Rusk rolled art forty five to nothing. Um and the Raiders defense. They were really good on defense last year, move up to the division one this year, and they are not losing a step. Um they looked really good. And uh Wascom rolls past Redwater forty three to six. You know, we expected that from Wascom. We expect them to be elite um out in East Texas and they, they didn't do anything to uh, disappoint. So a real good measuring stick here for, for both of these teams early in the season. Yeah, I think so. And and this is again speed when you go out there and especially Wascom. Wascom is a team that has a ton of speed and they're going to look I think uh, I think they're gonna look very good. Uh, this is a good test in the early going for both of them, so I'm excited about that. And so now we got to do hipster picks. Our hipster games of the week. Those are, by the way, our, our lineup is Argyle La Vega. I took Argyle La Vega, Hutto, Liberty Hill, Cal Allen, Flower Bluff, Cy Ranch, Westlake, and Munster Lindsay. You took Goliad Refurio, Trinity Saxe, Vela Hanna, Amarillo, and Tascosa, and West Ruskin and Wascom. Uh, the whole state covered, man. We went, we went from the boy, valley we to did. the panhandle. The only, the only people we, we left out was El Paso, yeah. which I could be talked into an El Paso game. I think, Mont, what is it, Montwood and... Uh, Montwood and Eastlake should be a good game. Montwood and Eastlake. How about Montwood? Took 800... Montwood traveled 800 miles. That shows you how big Texas is. They went 800 miles to down to Los Fresnos and beat a good Los Fresnos team on the road. How about that? That was impressive. That is impressive. All right. I'm going to let you start because I have not picked my hipster game yet. Okay. What's right. your hipster game? I'm going to go with uh, a good Syntex rivalry, 4A Division Two, Wimberley at Giddings. Mm-hmm. Um, Giddings. Yes. Giddings with a nice win. First game under head coach Wade Griffin. Uh, knocked off defending state champ Rockdale 17-16. They to 16. doused the V. Yes. Yes. They, the V was not lit. No. Um, so uh, Giddings uh, knocks off Rockdale 17-16. to 16. Uh, So congrats to the Buffaloes mm-hmm. and, and Wade Griffin. Your reward, you get Wimberley coming to town. Uh, and Wimberley... Uh, Beat Burnett thirty one twenty five. You look and, and people think, oh, Burnett wasn't very good last year. Burnett's going to be a lot better this year. Wimberley's got to replace JoJo Weeks, and, and so the offense, you know, did look good though. They scored thirty one points, yeah. uh, beating Burnett thirty one twenty five. So um, you get another data point on both of these teams. So I'm be real interested to see. Um, number one, it's going to be a great crowd, great atmosphere. Buffalo Stadium is a great place to watch a game. Go to go to uh, Giddings Meat Market and get you a pregame meal for some barbecue, and uh, then go have a root beer at Bucky's afterwards, and you're, you're good to go. It'll be a fun fun game, fun atmosphere. 
And I'm looking to see this extra data point on both mm-hmm. of these teams because I think you're, they're going to go in one or two directions. I think Giddings wins this game. You start talking about Giddings yeah. as being a potential top ten team. Mm-hmm. Wimberley wins this game. Wimberley is in the top ten. I think that eliminates some more questions about the Texans who are very young this year. No, I think I think you're right, and and that is what I mean. To go and was this at Rockdale or was that Giddings? Uh, it may have been. I think I it was remember. in Giddings. Because Rockdale Stadium is still under construction, so yeah. it, was either, it was either at Giddings or at a neutral site. Yeah. I want to say it was in Giddings. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's a really that's a really good pick, and um, I think it'll be uh, again. I think it's easier it's easier to get up for for one game, especially in Week One against a defending champ, and say let's go shock the world. Like here's a, here's a very game Wimberley team semifinalist last semifinalist a year ago. If you can go do that, then suddenly things get very very yeah. interesting. Start buying you start buying some stock on Giddings at that point. All right. Ah, uh, my hipster games in the DFW Metroplex. Okay. My hipster game pits one of the most explosive offenses in the state. Against one against a defense that looked very very good in their opener, my hipster pick of the week is Frisco Centennial and Lake Dallas. Okay, so Lake Dallas. I don't know if you saw uh, they, they put up some points. What on they did to Denton, forty six twenty eight, and the numbers inside the numbers are kind of kind of silly. They put up over five hundred yards total offense. Ryan Depper Schmidt threw for two twenty eight, fifteen of twenty, two twenty eight and a touchdown. Uh, he ran for 63 yards and three touchdowns as well. This offense is legit. The other side, Centennial, and I know, look, if you're outside the DFW Metroplex, I know that all these Frisco teams just all run together. Yeah. Like, you might know Lone Star, right? Because yeah. they played for a title. Yeah. I know they all run together. But Centennial looked really good in week one um, in their in their win over Royce City, 27-6. to yeah. The computer the city team that we think is going to be a lot better. This the computer year. had them as a nine point dog, yeah. and suddenly they are they're out here, you know, beating these teams, uh, beating beating them by point swing. There, yeah, right? exactly. The computer rank. really, really impressive. They've got the Centennial team has got a senior quarterback in, in Symes. I think it's Wayne Symes, Weston Symes, who fifteen of nineteen, right, one hundred twenty one yards and a touchdown. Take care of the football. But to me, the thing about them was their defense. Their defense looked really, really yeah. good. Centennial has a physical identity. They're, you they know, do. Not other head coaches, Matt Webb and his son is Davis Webb. You know, likes like to throw it around. Yeah. But Centennial likes their 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 defense first team. So I'm really interested to see what happens when Ryan Depper Schmidt, this quarterback for Lake Dallas, faces a what we think is going to be a what looks like at least in the early going a very good defense. Is that in Fresco or Lake Dallas? That's a great question, Matt. I'm sure. Max, just, I called you Max for some oh, reason. It's okay. Um, so that game. If you're listening is, to live coverage of Tepper researching things, a tradition like any other. Where is that game? Lake Dallas is at Centennial, so I don't know okay. where that game is. I wonder if it's at, um, at Ford or Toyota. Frisco has three stadiums. They've by got, the way. Yeah, they've got three stadiums. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going to look this up. I'm, I, I, these people come to us for for information. Right. My, I'll tell you while you're doing that, my favorite stadium in Frisco is actually Memorial. It's a nice I, stadium. I like going to the I like going to the old stadium, and it's right in the old Frisco there, and. And they always have very nice nachos and popcorn in the press box. It's a nice Listen, place. Friday night at the Star. Okay, Friday. Man, that's a. It, there's two good games at the Star this week. Yeah, because you're Cause, going to the game Thursday. Yes, Thursday night I'll be at the Star for a Frisco Reedy in the Colony. Uh-huh. Should be a great. Talk about Smash Mouth, old school style football. Both those teams are very physical. Uh, and then uh, Friday night, 
Centennial Lake Dallas. Man, you can go uh, go eat at Connie Rosso before the game, and then oh, yeah. and then uh, go watch some good high school football across the street. It, it is. It's very, very. It's very we good. Need to get so food sponsors for this podcast. We're talking. Listen, we do. Sorry. Well, uh, that's that's the plan of Dave Campbell's Sex Football is we're going to talk about things and then invoice those yes, those yes. places. So Connie Rosso, be looking for that invoice. Yes, exactly. Well, there it is. That's our week two preview. Um, we really do appreciate you guys yes. being Dave Campbell's Sex Football Insiders. We love you. We, we love you. We, we love you so much. We worked on labor. We did this we're podcast on in a day. in a cold studio we were both in here freezing our tails off it is it is very first world problems first world problems it is very cold in here but we really appreciate you being a dave campbell's text full insider please uh make sure you tell your friends uh matt thanks for coming on labor day oh thanks for having me it was a lot of fun and uh anytime i can talk high school football with uh with you is uh it's a good day let's do it again next week uh monday what do you think let's do it all right let's have monday Monday.